Welcome to Wuffles Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wuffle. It isn't easy being a quarterback in the NFL. It's even more difficult when you're a first-year starter. Just as Jordan Love. The Packers' young quarterback has had his shares of ups and downs and is under intense scrutiny after just six games. Fair or unfair? Welcome, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for another scintillating Packers podcast. Rob, I haven't used scintillating in about four weeks, so I had to come. <laughs> I'm not sure you've broken it out all year, Gary. So yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I, I, it it you, seems you, to me that you, we haven't heard that term since 2022. You, you so, got to save some plays in the playbook. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That Dontavian Wicks pass type of thing where you break it out once a year, right? You know what? Did you watch? I don't know if you had a chance to watch Monday night game. They did it last oh. night too. Oh, I missed that. I, I had it on in the background as I worked. I, I yeah. saw a little bit of it, not a ton. Yeah, they stole a uh, Matt LaFleur play. Although that, I, that's been used before, obviously. I'm guessing that wasn't a Matt LaFleur original, though, Gary. So. No, not at all. No, that's that's <laughs> been around for a while. But I, I thought it was interesting, you know, one one day. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, for it. So, well, there's, there's so many things we can talk about pertaining to the Packers. I mean, gosh, I, I don't know where to start. Well, actually, I do know where to start. <laughs> it starts with number 10. Uh, just like any football conversation usually begins with the quarterback. And Rob, he's taking uh, plenty of heat, especially on social media. Uh, like I said in the intro, fair or unfair? No, extremely fair, Gary. You know, he he turns 25 in a week. He's not a rookie. He's not a baby. He turns 25 November 2nd. It's his fourth year in Green Bay. This is this isn't a deal like they have going on in Carolina or in Houston where it's it's a rookie quarterback being thrown out there for the first time. He had three years to sit and learn, uh, watch behind Rodgers. Obviously, what we saw the first two weeks of the year with the Bears and the Falcons was pretty impressive, right? His, his passer rating was about one eighteen. You know, he threw six touchdowns, no picks in in the four games since Gary. He has four touchdowns and seven picks, and his his passer rating has plummeted to under eighty. It's at seventy nine and a half. They can't score a point in the first half, Gary, it, 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 against you know the the worst defense that we have seen in the NFL in four decades. I went and did some homework on Denver last week, Gary. They were on pace. Now it's it, it's better because they they caught a break and got to play Green Bay, but they were on pace to be the worst the worst scoring defense in forty years since the eighty three Baltimore Colts. Um, wow. Yeah, and 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 you saw what Green Bay did in the first half, Gary. 100 total yards, six first downs, zero points. Um, part of this is a Jordan Love problem. Part of this is a Matt LaFleur problem to me, Gary. Matt LaFleur is treating Jordan Love with kid gloves. You, you want to know the difference in the two halves, and everyone's trying to figure that out. It's that Matt LaFleur is opening the playbook a little bit more in the in the second half and letting Love no question. As he whip it around and 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 play football, he he's remarkably conservative and close to the vest and almost scared with his play calling in the in the first half. Gary, it's it's a lot of checkdowns and and dumps to Musgrave in the flat and 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 dink and dunk to running backs and, and um, maybe a short crosser here or there. And I get Matt Lafleur's trepidation a, a little bit, Gary. He's trying to stay in football games. Uh, because Jordan Love's deep balls have not been good, and that's a real problem with this offense too. I'll throw a stat by you real quick, Gary. We can get into this more. 
But Jordan Love has thrown 27 passes this year, Gary, that have traveled 20 yards or further. Do you know how many he's completed to the Packers? 27 completed to the Packers. <laughs> yeah, completed to the what, Packers. 27? He's thrown well, he hasn't been points. good. I brought this up last week. He's under-throwing everybody. Um, right. Uh, I don't know, five? Six. Yeah, good guess. Yeah. So he's six to 27. What? That's two a nine, 22.2%. I mean, what a joke. Um, yeah. You know how many he's completed to the other team, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> Probably about five. <laughs> Three. So half yeah. as many, half as many, you know, passes 20 yards and further to the opposition as he has to the Packers. It's a real problem with this offense right now. Now, part of it is his wideouts too, Gary. It's not, this is not just a Jordan Love deal. Christian Watson does not attack footballs the way coaching staffs want you to attack footballs. Just look at the last play of that Raiders game. Um, you know, when, when, when love was intercepted in that game, Matt LaFleur has gotten, he's been extremely conservative early Gary. And then late in football games, he's kind of gone for home run type stuff and in situations where it doesn't, doesn't need to be that way. I look at these last two games, Gary, he went for the home run shot against the Raiders on the ball that was picked off and on the, on the deep ball to the end zone to Watson. And, and they still had, it slips my mind, Gary, but they had 35 or 40 seconds. I want to say left in that game when, when love went to the end zone there, he didn't have to panic and they didn't have to panic as a coaching staff and go deep. You look Mm -hmm. at this game against Denver, Gary, I know it was third and 20, but you didn't have to get 20 yards plus on that, on that final play. When he, when he took a deep shot to, to Toure into, into double coverage, um, Matt LaFleur and, and he admitted this after the game. And then again, on Monday could have certainly called something, you know, a, something shorter, intermediate got 10 to 12 yards, Gary, if they got 12 yards, you're back to a 60 yard field goal attempt for Anders Carlson. And, and, and that's doable to win the game. Absolutely. Now, You've, you've obviously got a choice there. You can go for it on fourth and eight or fourth and 10, whatever it is, or you can trot out Carlson. But I expect to talk to Carlson about this tomorrow, Gary, when the locker room's open again. I think he could have probably gone anywhere from 65 to 70 in that football game in that in that high altitude with the leg he has because he's gone – you know, he, he's gone low 60s on, you know, in in, in just a, a regular setting like Lambeau Field and, and then some. So, you know, and, and Love did have that opportunity, Gary. He could have taken the check down to A.J. Dillon. And if anybody goes back and watches the film of that game, you see Dillon's got about 20 it yards. Was, of it was wide open. Wide yeah. open. Wide I mean, open. I mean let, let, let's face it. It was honestly, you know, it kind of reminded me of when Rodgers was in the uh, playoff game a couple of years ago and he scrambled and I mean, and then he threw that ball into double coverage. Yep. Yep. I mean, he was hell bent on, on doing that. And I think Jordan Love was hell bent on throwing deep, you know, and again, it was, it was the same old issue. He underthrew him. If he throws it out there, he's got a chance of completing. I'm not saying he would have, but it, it certainly the odds, you know, would have been better. He's not very good at that pass, Gary. That that's the thing. And, and, and anyone who's watched him, in, in practices over the last few years throughout training camp and these limited opportunities he's had here now to, to, to be the the green Bay Packers starting quarterback. He, he is not particularly good on deep balls. He puts too much air under them. They hang in the air for forever. It gives, it gives safeties and uh, other guys chances to close on the ball. Even Gary, look at the touchdown pass that he threw to dubs that, uh, you know, was, was the 50, 50 ball wound up being, you know, dubs versus Sertan uh, on, on that particular play. He, he had dubs open by a yard and a half or two, and he put too much air under it and under through that ball and it allowed the corner to close and, and get his hands on the ball. 
wall. And, and, and I've heard differing opinions from, from different league officials, which is, is another thing that makes this league maddening at sometimes Gary, I've heard some people say that that was, his, uh, and these are, you know, guys like Gene Serator officials on the, on the broadcast uh, say that that was an interception. Then the league has come back the, you know, the other day and, and, and said that was a touchdown. So I'm, I'm not exactly sure what it was, but the bottom line is if Jordan <laughs> Love makes a better throw there, Gary, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. It's a, it's an easy touchdown. So I mean, Gary, he's really struggling with that deep ball. His his accuracy is obviously not great. He's still at 57.5%. He, he was a little better the other day against Denver. He was almost 68%, which for him is really good. That That's a season high. But again, a lot of that is short, dinky check down stuff. And then you find yourself in a two-score hole again at halftime, which, which is where this team has been. I mean, yeah, Gary, yeah. you and I have done this for a long, long time. And I, I guess it goes back to 1988 for the Packers, and, and I don't remember that particular stretch. But we're, we're talking the Packers are in a four-game stretch here, Gary, where they have six points in the first half. Four straight games where they've had yeah. a field goal or worse uh, in the first half. That hasn't happened in 35 years uh, s- since Lindy Infante was there. I mean, it's it, it's really bad. Infante. There's a blast I mean, out of the past. There is a blast out of the past. That was year one of Lindy. Um, this is, this is year one of Jordan and, and, and the longer this goes, Gary, and the, and the, and the worse things get, our, our topics are going to be, does Jordan love get year two? Yeah. Well, we'll say, let, let, let's, let's uh, hold back on that. Yeah. I, yeah. I know everybody wants to jump on that now, but you know, my, I, I, I get it. He's the quarterback and the quarterback is always under the microscope, but it's six games and all these armchair quarterbacks are already saying, well, he doesn't have it. You know, it's time for the Packers to move on six freaking games. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Where would Terry Bradshaw be, for instance, if they said, Hey, let's get rid of the guy and dump him. Where would Peyton Manning be? If after one year they said, Hey, let's dump him. It, It takes time. The NFL is really, really a tough being a quarterback in the NFL. It's really a tough job, and uh, again, I I understand the criticism, but uh, I I think it should be tempered. Gary, your points are valid. I'll I'll, I'll disagree with you on a couple though. Peyton Manning was thrown into the fire in year one, sure. right? I I know, um, I get it. You know, uh, Stroud has been thrown in the fire immediately in Houston here in year one. You can go around the league, um, you know, and 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 go team for team. Joe Burrow was thrown in into the fire in year one, for example. It was not good for Joe Burrow, right? But they saw enough things to say, listen, it, it, this is going to get a lot better because of what they saw in year one. And sure enough, what was it? Was it year two, maybe for Burrow three at the longest that, that he's in a Super Bowl? Um, you know, we, Terry Bradshaw, the same way. First pick. I know it was ugly for for him early on in Pittsburgh 50 years ago. And, and Rob, that was, that wasn't a one or two or three year deal. I mean, that it right. took Terry Bradshaw a long time to get some traction. I, I get it, Gary. We're on year four, though, of Jordan Love, and I, I know it's not, uh, you know, game reps, and, and 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 it's not. He's not at forty career starts or something like that. This will be mm-hmm. his his eighth career start when when they when they face Minnesota on Sunday, Gary. But but I, you know, I would counter and ask you, and 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 I'm by no means am I closing the door on Jordan Love being their guy down the road. I agree with you. I think. I think this needs to play out. They need to see a full season of Jordan Love to make a a, a full fledged evaluation. But I would ask you this, Gary: six games into this to this season, he's had seven starts, including that Chiefs start that he had a couple of years ago when 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 Rogers was out with COVID. Have you seen anything from him 
that makes you think he's different or unique or can take you to that next level? Or do you look at him and say, he might just be a guy? Because for me right and now, you, Gary, it's kind of yeah. number two. It's kind of the ladder. And and maybe that changes, but he, he he's he's got a lot to prove and a lot to, to that I think he needs to show the front office and upper management in these next 10 games if he's going to be the guy long-term. Yeah, you know what? I, I do see a lot of good things in him, actually. One of them is his decision making. I think for the for the most part, his decision making has been good, but his arm strength or, or whatever, you know, is has to be questioned. But I think overall he's run the offense pretty well. He's had good command of it. He's uh, you know, broken out of the pocket on several several occasions, made some nice runs, only to have him call back because of a penalty or whatever. And you know what, Rob, after the first two games, what did he have? Six touchdowns, one interception? Zero interceptions, Gary. Zero interceptions. And everybody was, you know, ready to anoint him as the next great thing. And all of a sudden now, he, you know, he has a three-interception game and everybody's riding him. Kind of reminds me of Luke Fickle up in Madison a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Some of these Badger fans are ready to ride him out of town after a few games. And then, uh, you know, bringing back all these coaches, you know, to replace them. I mean, I, I thought it was hilarious. And all of a sudden now they win a fantastic game, fant- have a fantastic comeback. And he's the next Barry Alvarez, you know. I, I see a lot of similarities with Jordan Love. Fans are so fickle. Even members of the media, they, they got to get a grip and, you know, look, get a perspective. If this was week 12, maybe. I could get it, okay? But six weeks, come on. That, that, that's absurd. Yeah, we'll see how the Badger Nation feels about Luke Fickle at about 10 o'clock on Saturday night. Right? Exactly, and they'll be back. To- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, by the way, I think Fickle is going to be an unbelievable coach. I mean, I, I don't want to spend much time talking about Badgers here, but right. his block management at the end of the first half, I, I know you watched the game, was exceptional. I mean, you can multiple, tell. Multiple you know, times, Gary. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but I, I really like the guy. I, I think it's just a matter of time. And, and of course, you know, like you said, after the uh, Ohio state game, you know, fans will be all over him again. So. If, and, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on them either. We have plenty to dig into with the, with the, with the Packers. I would just say that this Gary, I didn't like the hire of the offensive coordinator in Madison the day he made it. And I still don't like it. I, I, I think sometimes, People forget what the climate's going to become here in the next four weeks, and it's it's really tough to win in in November and December with spread offenses in this climate. and 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 I think people lose track of the issue that the the best players, the best high school players in this state, are on the offensive line. They're usually big, beefy guys that run block well. They don't pass well. So we'll see where it goes with Longo. You know, Gary. I, I but but my initial impression there is that if Fickle wants long term success in Madison, Longo might not. I'd be the guy to hitch his wagon to, but we'll get, we'll get, we'll get past yeah. that. Yeah. You know, the one thing uh, I I do have concerns about uh, Jordan Love. And again, I, I'm, I'm cutting him a lot of slack here because you are. Yeah, I am six games into a career. I, I'm not going to make rash judgments. Um, but anyways, we talk about his uh, completion percentage. Okay. What, what is it about? Uh, 57 or something like that? Yeah. It's 57 and a half, you yeah. know, no. but I mean, you know what? Now I'll give you a couple examples of that, and and, and Justin Fields obviously isn't the uh, gold standard, but but he's at fifty one percent. Okay, 
look at Matt Stafford. The guy's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? What do you think his passing percent, uh, completion record is? Uh, this season or career? This this season. He didn't have cup for four or five games. I'm going to guess about 60. Yeah, 59. So, yeah. I mean, again, it, it's one little stat, but I think it's interesting that even established quarterbacks, uh, you know, <laughs> have have troubles in this league. Listen, Gary, th- 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 this is where it's a little bit trickier to, to evaluate love than, than it would have been, say, Rodgers back in 2008, right? Right. Rodgers walked into an offense and a football team that had been in the NFC Championship game just a few months earlier when, when he took over in, in the spring of 2008. Do you remember they were coming off absolutely the, the overtime loss to the Giants in the t- 2007 NFC title game? And, and everybody on that football team, Gary, came back that year except Brett Favre and and one starter on defense. So they brought back 20 to 22 starters. Jordan Love is being thrown in, you know, and 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 not just that Gary. I mean, but but if you if you think back to to Rodgers, right? He 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 was playing with with Driver and and Jennings and and Nelson and Jones. I mean, he he had an all-star cast of wideouts around him that year. Right now, Jordan Love is playing with a makeshift offensive line. He hasn't had his best running back for let's call it 70% of the season because Aaron Jones's snaps have been really low overall and his oldest wide receivers are second year guys in, in Christian Watson and dubs. And he hasn't had Watson again for, for the most part. And then even when Watson tries to get through a game, like he did the other day, you know, you, you would have thought um, he was about to lose a leg the way he went down on that field in, in, in Denver. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm amazed if he's walking right now, Gary, the, yeah. the, the, the antics that were displayed on the football field that day, you would have thought somebody shot him three times in the leg. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jordan Love is not playing with remotely close to the, you know, same stack deck that a Rogers did, or a lot of guys across the league get a chance to walk into even Gary. When you think back to Andrew Luck, the year he took over, you know, after they the traded Colts. Peyton Manning out of town, that was still a pretty good Colts team. That was a Colts team in Peyton Manning's last year that won 13 games. Then Peyton had the neck injury. They they kind of bottomed out because they didn't have a quarterback on the roster, although the skill people were still pretty good. Guys like Marvin Harrison were there and Reggie Wayne and stuff like that. And now, and now here comes here comes Andrew Luck to play with those guys, right? He walks into a nice situation. Jordan, the, the, the one place I'll, I'll give Love some slack, Gary, is he is not, you know, he, he was not gifted that type of roster on the offensive side of the football like some of these other quarterbacks get to come in and, and play with. He's, you know, he, he's, he's playing with, I mean, let, let, let's be honest, probably one of the bottom 10 group of skill players in, in football right now. And in the offensive line, I think, it's, I think it's below that even it could I, be I really yeah, abs- absolutely right. I mean, the, I, and I get what they're trying to do, Gary, that they're trying to figure out who they want around in a couple of years when they think are, are going to be pretty good. They're trying to get answers right now. Can Christian Watson be a one? I, I don't think so. He can't stay on the field is, is Romeo yeah. dubs. You're right. Is, is Romeo dubs more than just a guy, a three, a four, can he be a two? Maybe he can, right. You know, what, what, what do they have there with Musgrave? Well, I think Musgrave is going to be a really good player, Gary, but is he a really good player in 2023? No, he's, he's, he's learning as, as he goes and he's okay, but he's not a really good player. He's not a Jermichael Finley in 2010 type of a player. So, I mean, that's what they're looking at all around. Then they, you know, you've got all these other young guys, right? Like Toure and, and Wicks and stuff like that. It, it it would have done Jordan Love 
a, a lot of good to, to have a guy like Devonte Adams around an extra two or three years to, to try to play catch with. And, and, and I get what green Bay did there with, with both he and Rogers and tried to get the draft capital uh, when, when they could and, and maybe get it at, at peak value. The problem is, some of these guys they brought in, Gary, I mean, I, I think by now they fully expected Christian Watson to be a legitimate one, and and, and no one was going to be Devontae Adams, but they thought Christian Watson could be a guy like that that could be a borderline pro bowler. And right now, to me, Gary, he just looks like a track guy playing football. Yeah, totally agree. You know, that that was the criticism. I'm a Brian Gutekunst supporter, but I thought he made a huge mistake not bringing at least one veteran receiver in. I don't care who it was. Some veteran that could stabilize that young group. And uh, you touched upon it. He doesn't have any weapon. He referring to uh, love. I mean, look at Tua's got not only Terry Kill, he's got Waddle. You look at Burrow, he's got Chase. You look at uh, Allen, and he has uh, Diggs. You look at Mahomes, he's got Kelsey. Uh, you can go right down, you know, Herbert's got Allen. Then you look last night at Minnesota, even without Justin Jefferson on the field, Jordan Addison takes over and shows that he's a big-time receiver. Uh, Love's hands are tied. I mean, none of those receivers like wow me. They're, they're going to be good eventually, but right now they're not very good. Really, Gary, the, the key to it all is is Watson. And that's the guy they needed to emerge and step up. And 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 Gary, I wrote this on draft night of 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 2022. So it's not hindsight as I as I sit here and 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 make this claim today. You remember that that was the year they had two first round picks and they yeah. and they and they went defense, defense. They they went Quay Walker and they went Devontae Wyatt. The 22 and 28, I want to say were the were the numbers on those picks. And, and and I forget the exact numbers, Gary, but it was somewhere between about eight and 12 where you saw the, the run on wide receivers go. I think Garrett Wilson to the Jets was about eight. Olave was like 10. Drake London was in there. And, and the guy I wanted all along was Olave for Green Bay. Or well, I, I we all <laughs> was gonna was gonna be yeah. a perfect fit. And and obviously we've learned here. Bob, as long as you keep him out of a car, you'll be okay. Right, right. And you know, we <laughs> You know, and, and we've learned here Garrett Wilson's a stud, and he would have been terrific for for Love to work with. And and Gutekunst had all the draft capital in the world, Gary, to get himself up into that range. He would have had to give up both first round picks to do it. But I I wrote that night that that he went defense defense that it's it's an offensive league. Everything is pretty. You know, you look at the last twenty Super Absolutely. Bowl champs, Gary. Other than an aberration here or there, where Tampa has an elite, elite defense, or the Seahawks or the Ravens, this this is an offensive driven league. And the guys who win Super Bowls are are the Tom Brady's and and the Peyton, Peyton Manning's and and the Patrick Mahomeses and 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 guys like that, right? And and teams that put up thirty three points a game. And, and Gutekunst did, he, he, you know, he opted to go defense, defense, and we've seen what the defense is. It, it's, it's average. And, and they, they can't get over that hump of, of being average. And he had a chance that night, Gary, to go up and get one of those stud wide receivers. And instead he went defense, defense, moved it up in the second round and took Christian Watson. So in essence, he needed Christian Watson to become an, an Olave, a Garrett Wilson, somebody that a, a full fledged, true number one, a pro bowl level player, and that just does that just hasn't happened. I know Watson flashed at the end of last year, Gary, but he can't stay on the field. And and let, let's be honest, toughness is ninety percent of this foot the, the, this sport. If you know if, yep. if you're not available, what good are you? 
and yeah. and Christian Watson has not been available. And then Gary, even in some of these games where he does start, he can't finish them like he did on Sunday. It's it's a real issue. It's a real problem. And and I think we're going to look back here. We're almost to that point now. Uh, of playing revisionist history, but we're almost to a point where we can go back, Gary, and say um, Brian Gutekunst blew it that night by going Walker and Wyatt instead of going for one of those stud-wide receivers. Yeah, I I will say this. uh, Receivers have been on the Packers' radar. Um, I know for a fact that they had serious interest in Traylon Burks, you know, who ended up, you know, in Tennessee. Tennessee, moved ahead of the Packers in the draft specifically to get Traylon Burks because they knew Green Bay was honing in on him. And then uh, I was told a couple days before the last draft that they had uh, Jordan Addison on their short list. And, uh, you know, they instead took Lucas Van Ness, who, by the way, where is the dude? (laughs) I mean, we're, we're in week six and this guy isn't playing, you know? I mean, why why take a guy that high if you're going to just waste him on the bench? I, I don't get that part of it. All right. Now you've got to employ your same philosophy that you're trying to try to tell the world about Jordan Love and, and you're exercising patience there. You got to exercise it probably too. With the, with I, the I agree, but play him. You know? Okay. Maybe. You know, they are trying to win football games still. And now that that might not be the case, Gary, by Thanksgiving, but they are still trying to win football games. And, and let's be honest, Rashawn Gary's a better football player by a mile. Preston Smith is a better football player by a mile, and Kingsley Anigbari is a better football player by a mile. Yeah, right then now. they shouldn't have drafted him. You know? Well, no, I, I disagree with that, Gary, because we can go back to 2019. Is that the first I know you're going back Rashawn to Gary. Gary. I, I get you know, it. You, you, know, you know what percentage of snaps Rashawn Gary played that year, Gary? Yeah, I know. It was low percentage. I mean, 23, even 23 about- and a half. Yeah. 20, so he was less. So let me just finish real quick. Yeah. He was less than he was less than a quarter, Gary, that year. They had both Smiths, or you remember Preston and Zadarius, and they had Kyler Fackrell playing ahead of him, too. And Fackrell, you know, was coming off a year where he had a whole bunch of sacks. He had eight or nine, I think, in the 2018 season. And and he was still way ahead of Gary. When you're making a positional switch like Rashawn Gary had to do, and now Van Ness is doing, yeah, Gary going from a defensive end and in a in, in a in a four three college base scheme to a three four outside linebacker in the NFL, that is a hard transition to make. And they hit a home run with Rashawn Gary. It took some time, and the fan base was going wild four years ago too. You remember that saying, why did they take this guy? Look what X is doing. Look what Y is doing over here. Look what Z is doing. All these other guys around the league. And Rashawn Gary has probably turned into one of the top 10 pass rushers in football. Will Van Ness do that? We don't know at this point in time. I'll just say this, Gary. If you don't have elite pass rushers, corners, left tackle, and a quarterback in this league, you don't have a chance. And and that, you know that's, what went, that's what they went ahead and did that night, Gary. They got their – Yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 I'm not totally done on pass the selection, so. but I'm saying if you saw Jordan Addison already this year – Yep, the kid can play, and it was obvious the Packers wanted, you know, a slot receiver because they went after Reed in the second round. You know, so you uh, know Green Bay though, Gary, they just don't take him in round one. Exactly, <laughs> and that's where I think good. You know, again, I'm cutting good good slack because the the record indicates that the Packers can get you know very good receivers in the second round. So I, I get it, but at the same time, uh, Jordan Addison already has six touchdown catches. <laughs> six. <laughs> and we're, what, just past a, uh, maybe the third into the season. Um, he, he's going to be terrific. And then to put him with Hawkinson 
in Jefferson. Oh my lord, that, that, that that's going to be that's going to be tough for the Packers for the next ten years. Uh, you know, every time they play Gary, the- Gary even even Osborne can play now. Who's their third? Absolutely, really Absolutely. good football player right Absolutely. there. Would start on a lot of. He'd start in Green Bay. I can promise you that, Gary. Minnesota doesn't mess around with wide receivers, right? They they lose no. a Stephon Diggs. They go get a Justin Jefferson, right? They they lose an Adam Thielen. They 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 go and get themselves an Addison. They they don't screw around. They they go they go high. They go round one, and that's the philosophy in that organization. And, and Packer Nation's going to see it on Sunday. Um, Kirk Cousins, I think, is is a is is a B minus or a B quarterback, Gary, and he jumps a half a letter grade because of the weapons they give him in the pass game. He's got a top five tight end, and he and he's got one of the top five collections of wide receivers in football. And and if they can get the, you know, he doesn't have a running back anymore. That that the, his running backs in in you know out, out with the Jets, and and the guy they're playing right now is as pedestrian as it gets. But they they don't mm-hmm. care. They're gonna they're gonna whip it around the yard and. Boy, they've they've won three out of four now. All of a sudden, they look like you know we we get into this a little bit before yeah, the podcast ends. But but they they look like a, a legitimate threat again. All of a sudden, inside the division, Gary and um, the Packers are going to have their hands full, and then some come Sunday. Although the Packers would have their hands full against pretty much you know the nineteen seventy six Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I, indeed. You know, the other day too, a, a guy I know was we were talking about love, of course, and he goes, well, you know. He threw a lot of intercept. He's thrown a lot of interceptions this year, and he goes. He threw had one game where he threw three interceptions, and I go, "You're right." And last night, I decided to look up how many guys in the league have thrown three interceptions in a game. Okay, and you'd be shocked. There's a lot. I mean, there's a ton of guys that have thrown two already. Okay, but Rob, here are here are some guys that have thrown three interceptions already this season, okay? Okay. Josh Allen. Not a surprise. Jalen Hurts. Dak Prescott. Yep. Joe Burrow. Those are all upper echelon quarterbacks, and they threw three interceptions. But because Jordan loves a first-year quarterback, he's getting the heat. You know, it happens in this league. It does. I mean, you're microing one stat, though, Gary. I mean, look at the overall body of work, and and to me, that's where some of this stuff on love is a concern. I because I'm with you. You're you're going to get those aberration in those rare games. Rogers had a couple games in his first year as a starter. The one that jumps out to me is when they went down to Tampa Bay in like week three or four that year, where he threw three picks and he got beat up pretty good. Yeah. Game. It's it's going to happen, Gary. I mean, Rogers threw 13. His, his first season, he was 28 touchdowns, 13 picks. Um, what was that again? I'm sorry. He, Rogers' first year was 28 touchdowns, 13 picks. Okay. So he was he was about two to one. And obviously we know over the course of his career, a lot of times those, those numbers went, you know, I, I think the one year, Gary, he won MVP. It was like 45 and six, yeah. um, you yeah. know, where he was eight and a half to one or, or I'm sorry, seven and a half to one that year. So, um Gary, to me, it, it, it's the more overall body of work on on love that that's that's concerning. It, it's it's the fact Lafleur Le, clearly doesn't trust him early in games, and he's babying him and he's treating him with kid gloves on and you know in terms of how some of this offense is being run. That he's that that he's terrified to let this guy throw the ball downfield when he does throw it downfield. Gary, it hasn't gone particularly well. We've seen his quarterback rating absolutely plummet. He hasn't been he hasn't been accurate whatsoever. The Packers are, you know, you add it all together, Gary, and I, and I agree. There's a lot of factors in this next stat I'm going to throw at you. Bad offensive line, 
uh, skill players not not doing what you wanted them to do. But they are 26th in offense, Gary, uh, in the league. They're under 300 yards a game. They're at about 290, which is just dreadful right now in in a, in a sport and in a league that is completely structured and and made for offenses to excel every single Sunday. They can't get 300 yards a game uh, right now. And Gary, they can't score in the first half. I mean, that's that uh, at, at the end of it. At the end of the day. I mean, they're unbelievably fortunate, Gary, that they're not one and five, that they are two and four, that they had that miracle comeback against the Saints because they, they just can't get anything done in the first two quarters of of, of a football game. And and, and you, just, you cannot win in this league that way. Matt LaFleur has to figure something out between now and we're doing this podcast on Tuesday, the 24th, between now and Sunday, Matt LaFleur. So what Matt LaFleur has five days, he's got 120 hours to figure something out, Gary, and he better do it pretty quickly because this, this season is slipping away. Yeah. Uh, on a fast. I remember last week I said that was a big game and this game would be a huge game. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a huge game. You know, but Gary, but Gary, here's what I'll say. Green Bay's two and four, right? Do you know how many teams in the league have fewer wins, fewer wins than Green Bay at this point? About five. Two. Yeah. There, there are, but there's a lot of teams with two wins. There are. Carolina's Carolina has zero and Arizona has one. But my, my point is when you say, so Green Bay, if they did the draft today, Gary would have the seventh pick in the draft. And when you start thinking in those terms and in that context, you don't look at overall record. You look at wins because it's hard for the bad teams to get wins. And Green Bay has entered the category now and entered the territory of being a bad football team, Gary. That 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 that's what well, they I, are. I, I think they're on the brink. You know what? I don't think they're a bad team. I mean, and they've had well, your not, definition of bad is different than mine. Then yeah, it it is because <laughs> I mean they've lost what two games by what less than three points. Bad bad teams get blown to smithereens. This isn't a bad team. Gary, uh, here's here's the thing, though. Up until this point, outside of Detroit. Uh, you get a point. I know where you're coming. They have, yeah. they have played bad teams. So yes. they are – They are. It, it, it's a battle of bad teams that they are losing. And when they saw the one good team on the schedule, the Lions, Detroit came to Green Bay and absolutely whooped their tails and, and blew them out of the building. What was that game? 27-3 at one point in time, I think. Yep. Detroit, you know, it, it got a little closer later, 34-20 or whatever it ended. But De- Detroit was three scores better than, than Green Bay that night, Gary. And they just they they absolutely massacred them that night physically. That that was a that was a physical beatdown in that in that football game. Green you know, Bay. You know the other thing, I, I, I think I know where you're going with being a bad team, but and everybody talks about injuries that every team in the league has injuries. Ah, that that's true. I, I'm I'm telling you, they have been ravaged by injuries. I mean, you can't lose a, a Pro Bowl left tackle. Uh, Jenkins what has played what two games, three games? Uh, I don't know whatever it was. Elton Jenkins. Yeah, I think he's made every start here. I think he left one game. So. Okay, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure about. But go go to the defensive side. I mean, they haven't had Stokes all year, except partly uh, on Sunday. Then he got hurt again, right? <laughs> they haven't had Alexander for most of the season. They haven't had their best inside linebacker for most of the season. Um, but but circling circling back to love, G- G- Gary. Let, let me let me just piggyback that though a little yeah. bit. That is. The culture, though, that they have established in Green Bay, that and 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 it, and it is, 
you know, typical of of what the what you see around the league, Gary, is all these guys missing games and leaving games and and things like that. But Green Bay is the poster child right now in the NFL for a soft football team, Gary. They yeah. they, bu- they bubble wrap their guys from May to August. They come back for OTAs and mini camps and training camps and stuff, and 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 you don't tackle, you don't go to the ground with people. Guess what, Gary? This is a physical sport. And when you have these collisions 20 times a game, it hurts. And, yeah. and when your body is when your body is not accustomed to playing that way, and, and Green Bay's isn't, because from May to August, they don't do any of this stuff that you did a generation or two ago. You know who still does it, Gary? Pittsburgh does it. And, yeah. and, you, and you know how many injuries Pittsburgh has? Very few. And, yeah. and when a guy like TJ Watt gets injured, Gary, and they say six weeks, he's back in two or three because there's a mindset and a, and a culture in that in that organization of toughness that Green Bay does not have. Green Bay is as soft as it gets, Gary. I mean, that game the other day was laughable. Every time a Packer seemed to either get tackled or make a tackle, they left the field. I mean, they lost. They started the game without Alexander and Campbell, right? right. Then through the course of the game, they lose. They lose Savage on a non-contact with his calf. Stokes gets hurt again on special teams. You know, Jaden Reed leaves the game. Josh Myers leaves the game. Musgrave got dinged up. I think that was a concussion and an ankle. It's uh, unbelievable. Christian Watson leaves the game. But Gary, that's just that's Green Bay Packer football in 2023. And I know you yeah. can say it's it, it's a very easy, convenient excuse to say, well, they've had all these injuries. But Gary, that's not going to change because it's the culture Matt LaFleur has set up in Green Bay where it's a country club and it's soft. And these guys, Gary, I'm, I'm, I, I know they don't want to do it. And I know some of the stuff goes against what the union wants, but but they've got to get tougher and more physical in the summers and in the off seasons. Gary, it's almost like an airplane pilot who doesn't fly a plane for a year and a half. And now all of a sudden you get on a plane and here's a pilot says, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to take you to Europe. And halfway through that flight, he's really tired. Because he hasn't done something for a year, Gary. And yeah. and Green Bay doesn't play tackle, tackle anything in the off seasons. And now, and they, and they don't treat it that way in the preseasons for the most part either. And now all of a sudden we get to the regular season and guess what? When you get smacked in the face, you realize, boy, this hurts. And Packers start falling like flies, Gary. I just think they need to change the entire organizational approach on this issue. It's not only the defense, it's, it's like, where it's really evident to me, and I never thought I'd be saying this because I, I thought they played pretty well as a group the first two or three games. It's the offensive line. They're getting manhandled. And I'll, I'll tell you, a guy who has been just ultra disappointing is Runyon. He's having a bad year. And I thought he might take you know that next step up. And then, you know, my real issue with the offensive line is that they – are adamant on playing Rasheed Walker. That, that guy shouldn't be playing for the Racine Raiders. And, uh, you know, they keep trotting him out. And there, there's got to be better options, right? I mean, move some guys around. I mean, it, it, is uh, Neiman, like, totally out of the picture now? No, because you saw the other day when Zach Tom had to go to center, then they put Yash in at right tackle. So he's, he, well, he's Would you go with him ahead of Walker? I'd, I'd go back to Yash. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and I, I'd, I had a long talk last week, Gary, with Elton Jenkins about this. I didn't write anything um, about it, but I asked him, I said, do you want to play left tackle? And he said, yes. You know, he did. I, yeah. And, and I might, wow. I might, 
I might try Elton Jenkins, Gary, at, at left tackle because you, you clearly need one for for twenty twenty four. And I in, and Walker, you're right. Walker's not the answer. They're trying to again. These are questions they're trying to answer because again, they they think their better years are coming and they want some of these things answered in twenty twenty three. And if they win some games along the way, great. And if they don't, they they don't mind. That that's fine too. They want answers for the big picture and you know the the macro view of things. And and they're learning that you know Rasheed Walker is not the answer at left tackle. But I'd find out over the next you know six or eight games is in, and, and and there's a there's a body of work with Elton Jenkins at left tackle. You remember he was their left tackle in. What was it, 2021 when Bakhtiari? Yeah, when Bakhtiari was out, he started the year there before he tore his own ACL. And he was playing at a really high level. Now, now Elton Jenkins hasn't had a good year either, Gary. He he was he's, dreadful. He's been disappointing too. He was dreadful the other day against uh against Denver. Josh Myers hasn't had a good year. You know what? Uh, I I think Myers has been okay though. I I, I actually kind of honed in on him this year because I think this is a big year for him. I think overall he's played pretty well. I really do. Far and away, Gary, the best offensive lineman is Ben Zach Tom. And oh, and and, and I'm, that, I'm in total agreement. Totally. They, they are learn. They are learning. You know that he he can be an anchor there. Again, they're they're trying to get answers. Right? Who do they sign? Who do they let go? Who fits into what spot? But there's there's no question, Gary. I mean, they're going to have a lot of needs when we get to April and 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 draft day gets to us. But left tackle is going to be in that top two or three. That there's no doubt about it. But you know, as you look at the micro to finish the 2023 season, I'd give Elton Jenkins one more look at the, at that spot and see wow. if he can be that guy moving forward. Because Walker is not. Rob, you got to write that story. That's a hell of a story. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, has Jenkins conveyed his feelings to the Packard coaching staff? My gut feeling is no, he hasn't, because I think he's a team player. He accepts his role. But I'll tell you what, I mean, if this dude wants to play left tackle, I do that in a heartbeat. I mean, like, like you pointed out earlier in the podcast, left tackle is critical. And right now they may have the worst left tackle in football. Yeah, no, he he, he is a good dude and he's a, he's a team dude and he's kind of a quiet, uh, yeah. quiet guy in general. He He's not as loud and bombastic as a David Bakhtiari has become through the years or something like that. So, so Jenkins just kind of does what he's asked and does what he's told, but yeah, that's something I think, Gary. I will explore a little bit more here this week and, yeah, that, and, that's and a try to get story. into that because they, they do not, you know, they do not have a, you know, a, a, an offensive line right now that that is coming close to doing the job. And, um, you know, Jenkins, Jenkins could be one of those guys that that answers some questions rather than, uh, you know, some of the some of the guys they're trotting out there at this point in time. OK, let's let's circle back to Jordan Love real quickly. Just a couple items I wanted to bring up. You know, he ranks eighth in the NFL in touchdown passes. That's not bad, right? For it's all right. Game. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now, now remember, Gary, he's only got four in the last four games. But yes, that's not bad. I mean, for this stage, you, you look at the uh, body of work, as, as yep. you would say, yep. the body of work. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, um, yeah, that, 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 that's more than fair. Again, though, the thing that scares you a little bit is there was no film on him early on. You know, he plays the Bears. He plays the Falcons. Now coordinators across the league have a lot of film on him. They know what he does well, what he doesn't do well. And the last four games have not gone particularly well. You know he's thrown the second longest completed pass in the NFL this season. Yeah, I, who cares? I know. I, I, I agree, but I, I, it's interesting. <laughs> Seventy-seven yards to Watson. The the only one who's thrown longer is Lamar Jackson, eighty yards. Um, is that the one? Is that the one Watson didn't score on? 
That's a good point. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marcus Peters caught him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Marcus Peters. I, Rob, you could beat Mar- Marcus Peters in the 40. That was unbelievable. Anyways. And just out of curiosity, I was looking at how many times he's been sacked. He's only been sacked 10 times, which, which isn't all that bad. But what the guy I really feel sorry for, though, is Sam Howell, right? Of the Redskins. What's his sack? Look- huh? What are his sacks at? This is unbelievable. This guy, it, it, it's amazing. He's walking or talking today. He's been sacked. And we said Jordan Love 10 times, right? Okay. Sam, Sam Howell has been sacked 40 times. <laughs> 40. No. I, I had not looked at that as unbelievable. I mean, I mean, I mean, Gary, if they've played seven games, we're talking six sacks a game. If they, I don't know if they've had their buy or not. If they've played six, it's seven sacks. Yeah, he's either he's somewhere between six and seven sacks a game. That's unbelievable. I mean, if if I was him, I'd quit. <laughs> I want to have a life. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I mean, Gary, the one year when Carr was a rookie down in Houston, I think that set the record in the low seventies. Yeah. So yeah. we're forty percent of the way through the season, maybe, and and we're we're talking that. Howell's probably on pace for to be sacked a hundred times. Yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. I had I had not seen that stat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I said, the poor guy. But anyway, <laughs> so just just one last thing. Okay, it I, I'm playing Perry Mason here. Okay, I'm giving my final final uh, words here. We established that the Packers have like one of the worst receiving cores in the football in the league right now. Right? Great. I yeah, I think it's bottom third for sure. Okay, I think that's fair. We, we agree that the Packer offensive line right now is not very good, okay? Yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd agree, Gary. I, I, I'd like to break down a little more data on that, but they're probably between 16 and 22. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah, I agree. And lastly, their running game is anemic. I mean, Awful. Very, yep. very good. Okay, so bad receivers, bad offensive line, bad running back. And everybody expects Jordan Love to be the next Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I really Do people expect that, though, Gary? It, 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 I, I don't know that I'd agree that that's the expectation. No, no, no. I, I, I'm saying I, I was that, that was hyperbole there, but okay, um, yeah. You know, they I mean, expect I, I, to be pretty I, darn good, though. And I, I think, Gary, them. what they're just trying to see is enough good signs and positive things happen to make them feel confident that he is their guy moving forward. And if they don't, then they will have tons of draft capital again. They'll they'll have a, a high number one of their own. They'll have their own high number two. And I still expect the Jets end up like six and eleven when it's all said and done, or something like that, Gary. Because that what the Jets are doing with that terrible quarterback isn't. You know, they're three and three. I think it's not sustainable for them to even go five hundred. I don't think. Um, so that'll be a pretty high pick, I would assume, in round two from the Jets that they have coming now. Kit. No one's no one's going to give you that first overall pick for Caleb Williams. I mean that 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 that's a no brainer. That no, whoever winds up with that pick isn't trading it. I guess um, um, whatever, unless it's the Chiefs or the the Bills or somebody like that or the the Bengals somehow, which isn't going to happen. By the way, so, typical Bears, huh? They're they're in prime position to get <laughs> get them, and they start winning. <laughs> and they start that and they start. So yeah, but, but but don't don't forget they also have Carolina's pick. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Carolina's awful too. 
Carolina hasn't won yet, so Chicago. Rob, that's the definition of a bad team. <laughs> yeah, and and watch Gary; they could come to Green Bay later on in the season and win. So, wow. uh, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. But you know, my my point is, Gary, it, it, there are a couple of quarterbacks in in this draft that a lot of people believe are going to be franchise quarterbacks. The kid at Duke and. You know, obviously, yeah, the kid in North Carolina too. Washington. I'm sorry, the kid, yeah, the kid yeah. in North Carolina. Yep, right. I mean, there's it's going to be a pretty good quarterback draft. So Green Bay is trying to get an idea right now. Obviously, can can they win when they build this roster to where they want to around Jordan Love, or do they have to fill the quarterback position eventually too, and then chase a quarterback in this draft? And 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 you're right, Gary. They they did not give Jordan Love at the end of the day probably enough quality high level people around him to make this a completely fair evaluation of, of where Jordan love is. And if he can be the guy long-term, like I said, they probably needed one quality veteran wide receiver for him. The offensive line in theory, Gary should have been fine. Um, You know, that was the one spot I thought on the roster they were okay at. And uh, at least on the offensive side of the football, We, we saw they went young, at tight end and 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 they were going to go ahead and do that but you thought the offensive line in the running game was going to be pretty darn good that that's yeah. been a colossal disappointment the wide receivers and the tight ends probably are about what you'd expect um a little bit worse i guess gary but but it, it, i'm sure if you're good at coast in his front office people it's making it hard for them to get an, a a full accurate evaluation yeah. on Jordan yeah. Love at this point in time, right? And, true, and that's true. why that's why we have to let this thing play out before guys like you and I make sweeping evaluations. Well, uh, I'm not making any evaluations. Oh, love no, I'm not either. Final is, game know, of the year is Love the guy or or not the guy? Yeah. I would just say right now, Gary, I think it's trending in the wrong direction for Jordan Love. But he's got again, he does have 11 more starts this season to try to fix that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Hey, uh, before we wrap it up, uh, Packers play the Vikings at Lambeau Field, and uh, suffice to say, it's a it's it's a big game. Any any thoughts on that? And uh, wanted to get your prediction on the outcome of that. Minnesota has life all of a sudden, right? I mean that 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 that's an incredibly impressive win. And I know San Francisco didn't have Debo and they didn't have Trent Williams last night. And and even even McCaffrey was beat up a little bit, although it doesn't doesn't seem to matter. He always finds the end zone a couple times, uh, and so that's a great win for Minnesota. Now I know Minnesota got banged in that game too, right? Addison left at one point, didn't he come back? Um, yeah, I think uh, didn't Hawkinson go down at one point, but came back. Uh, they they obviously want to have Justin Jefferson, but Gary, I, I mean, Green Bay is a mash unit, and we're doing this. We're doing this podcast, you know, a, a day before the injury report comes out. But but I'm thinking just the way some of those things went down on Sunday, they won't have a Savage. They probably won't have a Stokes. Who knows with Jair Alexander's back? Um, who knows with Christian Watson's leg at this point in time? Who knows with Musgrave and, you know, at, at, at that particular spot? I mean, they are they are really beat up. And, um, and again, I, I, Gary, if, Gary, if they can't, you know, if, if if you can't beat a Denver team, to me, that's in contention, um, pro- again, to be one of those teams that has, has a chance to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes later on, it, it, you, you start to scratch your head and say, who can you beat, um, you know, if, if, you're the, if you're the Green Bay Packers? So until proven otherwise, Gary, um, I, I don't like Green Bay um, for this for this next stretch of games. Minnesota, the Rams, Pittsburgh, the Chargers, the Lions. I mean, it's – 
Gary, we, we've talked about how soft the schedule was to, to start the year. The teams Green Bay has played, Gary, are 15 and 21 yeah. uh, overall uh, when you take out their games against the Packers. That, that's a 415 winning percentage. I mean, they're bad. They, yeah. They've played a bad schedule. And now, now it gets harder. Minnesota's improving. The Rams have been a surprise. Pittsburgh's really solid. The Chargers have a ton of talent. The Lions, the Chiefs. I mean, it, it's getting really hard, Gary, for them. Um, specifically to Sunday, I think Minnesota comes in Gary and puts up about 30 on them and wins like 30 to 20. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if they don't have Alexander, they don't have Stokes, they don't have Savage, they better get a hell of a rush out of their front seven <laughs> because yeah. cousins, cousins will tear them up. But you know, the one, the one thing I'll say uh, about this game is, LaFleur's got to let Love be himself. I think Love has been the the good soldier. He's followed the game plan, but I, I think they got to let him improvise and do things on his own. I think he can be a really, really good playmaker, uh, but but they have to come out of the gates fast. None of this, you know, <laughs> we're going to score only a couple points in the first half. That, that's not going to cut it against the Vikings, so. They are number one in second half scoring. Unfortunately <laughs> for them, they're number 32 in first half scoring. So <laughs> are they are they gonna hang a banner on the north end of Lambeau Field saying they were number one? <laughs> they'll, they'll be like the Brewers during the COVID year that hung a banner for finishing in, in, in eighth place and, and getting that one playoff game, right? Oh, exactly. So that, that that's banner worthy. Gary, one thing I want to get into in a future, and we just touched on it briefly in, in this one in a future podcast. Is, is, is how much this Jair Alexander contract is hurting the Packers right now and the fact he has not been available for the most part since he signed that contract. And it's, it it you know, we talk about a lot of guys being hurt and missing time. We don't talk about Alexander enough, I think, Gary. It it, it really is hurting this this team at, at this point in time. He's he's making $21 million a year, Gary. He's, he, he's as well compensated at his position as anybody in football, if not more so. And and it, it it's starting to look like a bad contract that they gave Jair. You're preaching to the choir, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Reichel, thanks for your hot takes. And uh, I, I love that uh, little uh, tidbit, that little nugget you gave on Ellen Jenkins. Uh, I think you got to get all over that. that. That's a hell of a story because, as we talked about, left, left tackle is so critical. So, anyways, thanks, Rob. And uh, always, always a pleasure. Thank you, Gary. Well, you're so kind. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you to our listeners. Take care and all the best. Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle.